Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com, along with Trevor Sikama, also from thedraftnetwork.com. Here on a wonderful Wednesday morning, ready to talk. Where are we? Are ready to talk combine? We had to wind down from the Senior Bowl a little bit. We had to get into some team-oriented stuff, some off-season stuff. Even talked a little bit of free agency. But we're back, draft-focused, ready to break down the combine with you guys and get into some preview. Before we do that, Trevor, actually it's part of it, but we're not talking about quarterbacks today, but we wanted to address the Kyler Murray stuff, right? Because everybody's like, is he going to throw at the combine? Um, You know, does he need to work out, do drills at the combine? Um, Mm -hmm. Michael Vick's been thrown out as a comparison for him, and I am curious to hear your thoughts on that as well a little bit. Um, But there's just a lot going on with Kyler Murray. There kind of always is. So we're going to have these like Kyler Murray segments on the show every once in a while just to address like, all the many narratives that are happening with Kyler Murray, because in some ways he's become like the face of this draft, hasn't he? Oh yeah, hundred percent. This draft is. There's no doubt about it that Kyler Murray has the keys to this draft. Is that? I mean, is that a stretch to say? No, I don't think so. I mean, like the entire draft is going to go as Kyler Murray goes. Mm-hmm. I think. I, whether I mean whether he goes, well, he's not going to go number one overall. Well, I mean, like he might go if number one overall if it, if somebody trades up. He's not going to go over number one to Arizona. But like if Kyler goes. Number one overall, he goes number three, number six, seven, 13, 15, like whatever it is that will have a ripple effect on the entire rest of the draft. So, I mean, we kind of have to talk about him because he kind of holds the keys there to to how the rest of this class is going to really pan out. Right, absolutely, and I think. Especially, and I mean, what two, two weeks ago we didn't even know if he was going <laughs> to play yeah. football, and that's part of the allure, right? Is that there's this seesaw with Kyler Murray that's just constantly happening and. I don't know. You never know what he's going to do next, kind of. Um, and so, you know, to me, I think it's important that he does stuff at the Combine. I don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't do stuff at the Combine. I just think that it helps him if he does. That's my only perspective on it. I don't think it's end of the world, draft stock plummeting, anything like that. But by showing that he's there to compete, I think that that sends a good message to NFL teams that he's been prepared hey. for this. This has been. This wasn't just like the other night he was up late thinking and he just suddenly decided football. You know, this has been his goal for a while. He may have waited to announce it, but this has been his goal for a while. He's been pursuing it. He's been working at it and he's ready to show his stuff. Um, so I want to see him compete. I don't care about the workouts, like running fast. Like I, he's a Mike Gundy, fast. Mike Gundy, one word, compete, <laughs> compete, <laughs> all caps exclamation point mike what do you think uh kyler murray should be worried about going into the combine compete. compete mike could kyler murray kill a lion with his bare by the hands? way by the way sorry to kind of like wrench this but i i watched the video interview with the guy who killed the mountain lion with his bare hands yeah. i watched that oh, yesterday wow. and like it shows the pictures of him when he was in the hospital and he's like he had these giant gashes like on his face and his leg where the mountain lion was like clawing him and stuff. And he talked about how like the lion had his had his wrist like pinned in the lion's mouth, like he was biting him. And then like he could he like he flipped his leg around just so he could like push his hand on the mountain lion's neck and then that's how he killed it. It was the most what savage the thing I've ever heard in my life. Was he a big dude? No! What? Dude, he was my size. Oh my goodness. Legitimately my size. What if you killed a mountain lion, dude? Oh, my. This podcast would take off more than it already has. Bro, one word. Compete. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm a Mike Gundy. I'm, a, I'm Mike Gundy's perspective on the whole Kyler Murray situation for the combine. What are your thoughts? 
So, I mean, but here's my thoughts. I never thought he was going to do it. I never thought. You didn't think he was going to even do the combine? No. At all? Like, you didn't think he was going to go? No, 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 no. So, here's the thing. I always thought Kyler Murray was going to go to the combine. But I think he's going to do as little as possible. I'd be shocked if he runs the 40. Oh, yeah. The workout part, I don't care about. Because everybody knows he's a great athlete. You have to be blind not to see that. Okay, but sure. I mean, but, like, this is... Like your opportunity to blow everyone else's numbers out of the water. Sure, the right. Just like, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to run. I'm just he's not going to do it though. It. I I don't expect him to. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't run. And I'm not shocked at all that he is thinking about not throwing at the combine. But do you and think actually, he should? I, uh, sh- do you think it helps Kyler Murray to throw at the combine? Uh. Does it help him? I, I think it shows teams that he's there to compete and he's ready and he's been training for it. He's been working on his technique, his mechanics, and his drops from under center. And I suppose the answer is yes, like you're saying. But that would be so against like everything that like Kyler Murray's been doing up to this point, which you could come out and be like, I've hated how he's handled this draft process, which <laughs> That's is, the point, right? Which is totally fair, but I'm just like I don't I, I don't even like it just it so much doesn't even line up with how Kyler Murray has even approached this draft process that I'm not even thinking about it. Like, I don't think he's going to throw. And is that going to matter? I don't really know, because if a team wants to pick up number one overall, they're going to anyways. I don't think that somebody's going to be like, hey, he threw at the combine, so he must be all in on football. I don't know. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Somebody will like Kyler Murray like anyway. To. Yeah, I I'd like to. I'd if, like him to. If but. you already like Kyler Murray enough to pick him top fifteen, how much is going to matter? But what if you don't already like him enough to pick him there, and then by his demonstrations of the combine in more ways than one, interviews obviously have to be great. Whiteboard oh, stuff has to be great. I would love. <laughs> to be a fly on the wall. To be in the interview room <laughs> when they start asking him the weirdest most brutal questions they possibly can because you know they're going to ask it to him. Oh, yeah. They're going to ask Kyler Murray every single weird statement they or question they possibly can because they want to see how he does. And, and they're going to ask him real ones. And he's I hope his dad's not in the room for it. <laughs> yeah, dad's, dad's not going to be in the room for those, man. Like, they're going to put him on the whiteboard, and you know maybe he's fine at that part, but – they're going to ask him questions about, you know, his commitment to baseball and his commitment to football. And he's going to, it's not going to be, oh, I've always liked football more. And that's it. Like, he's got to sell them. Like, it's not like when you're telling the fans, you don't have to convince the fans. Like, they can doubt you the whole way, but the teams, you have to convince the teams. Uh, so he's got to sell himself. And I think that's a big part of this that he didn't do a very good job of in the interviews. So we'll see Awful. if he does a better job. Awful job. Right. He was terrible. We'll see if he does a better job with the fans. I just kind of have some doubts, like, or with the teams, I mean, but I just kind of have some doubts given the way that he has handled himself so far. We'll see. Maybe he's got this great sales pitch down, but he just doesn't seem like that kind of a guy. And, and some teams are going to be okay with that. Some teams, at least one team that could take him high is going to be okay with that. There are going to be other teams that are going to be turned off by that if he can't do it well. 
and the fact that he won't compete and won't throw at the combine, and the fact that and they're, and they're going to hear this because it'll get leaked by somebody or whatever. He's maybe maybe wasn't ready. Maybe he hasn't been training for this. You know, maybe this was a a last ditch effort to try and get the most money uh, out of his situation type of thing. That stuff's going to be out there, and teams are going to think that. And so he has to basically do everything he can at the combine to quiet that noise. And that's why I think it's a good idea for him to throw. But you're right. At the end of the day, somebody's going to like Kyler Murray enough to take what is already a very obvious big risk, whether he throws at the combine or not. It's just a matter of will it be the right team for him. Could he have had an opportunity to prove himself to the right team and didn't take it? And that team was like, you know what? We see Dwayne Haskins here. We're impressed by what he does on the whiteboard. You know, say if it's a Jacksonville, it seems that's, you know, on the fence. You're telling me that's not going to matter to Tom Coughlin, old school Coughlin? <laughs> I think it will um, at the end of the day. Not the end of the world for him. I just think it's the best thing for him to do is to throw. Because Baker threw at the combine, right? Oh, yeah. Baker did. Yeah, it. I mean, like, on one hand, man. Anyway. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he did. I think they all I, did, right? Because on one Except hand, Donald, I mean. Yeah, you've got. I, I do. I do believe that some that like NFL teams don't exactly have a choice here. Like, if you believe in Kyler Murray on the field, you can't let even how bad that he kind of has butchered this draft process really affect you that much. Just because you need a quarterback and it's not a good quarterback class, so you almost have to. You're almost kind of like at his whim, but you can't help but look back at last year and be like, "Man, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman Trophy, made it to the college football playoff, both parallels of Kyler Murray." Baker went to the senior bowl when he didn't have to. Mm. He threw at the combine when he didn't have to. Yeah. And Baker did all of this stuff and he did it, it for, you know, to your point, all in the name of competition because Baker wanted to prove that he was a better quarterback than everybody mm. at every single area that he could in every single chance. And Kyler, yeah, Kyler so far in this draft prospect or in this draft process has not done that, and he will continue to not do that if he doesn't throw, which I don't think that he's going to. So I'll clarify, too, by saying this. I ordinarily, and I will say this almost every year, I really don't think it matters for most quarterbacks. There are some exceptions. You know, I think one-year starters should think about it more. Um, I think guys with um, with legitimate, like Paxton Lynch, like a guy with, like, man, he needs to work on his mechanics. Let's see what he's been doing. If you want to prove that, I think it's a great stage to be able to do that. But ordinarily, I, I don't think it's a big deal for quarterbacks. My big thing is who cares? Well, I think with Kyler Murray, it's just a totally different situation. That's my take right. away from the whole thing. Like, uh, yeah, but I just think like the, the throwing at the combine or the throwing at the combine in general thing is really weird for me because like if you don't throw well, do you think that teams are that stupid? Like, do you think that teams are that stupid that they're going to take one afternoon at the combine? With receivers you've never thrown in, in a stadium you've never right. thrown in, in an environment you've never thrown in, it ain't gonna more hurt than you. like, uh, but you know what I'm saying. So like, if if that's the case, just throw. Who right. cares? Right. Yeah. The, there was a weird shift in the narrative like a couple of years ago, and I was kind of like, I just don't see it. But because it is traditional for a lot of the top prospects to not throw at the combine, that's why I do think the Kyle Murray is probably not. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. If he's saying, I haven't made up my mind yet, <laughs> based on the way this process has gone, I don't know. He just doesn't feel like the if kind you of haven't guy made up your like, mind you know what, yet, do it. <laughs> if, if you haven't made up your mind yet, you're not training for it. Right. Like, you're not. I so, think. so like, what do you. And th- yeah. Man, or maybe whatever. he is training for it. And yeah, I, I shouldn't say it. I, maybe he is training for it. And he just hasn't decided if he's going to do so it. So then just do it. Yeah, that's. 
in that the main thing like just you know it could help you it's not gonna hurt you yeah quit pissing me off that's what i want (laughs) if i'm an nfl team i'd be like tyler i want to like you dude yeah you're making it hard (laughs) you're making it hard i was the one dude i was the one writing articles for tdn Mm -hmm. back in december and like november early january and i was the one who you know I was doing the, hey, what if Kyler picks football? You know, like, what if he flips? Right. You know, this is what he could be. And he was my QB1. And it's like, Kyler is a dude who I like. But all of this stuff is so annoying for no reason. Right. Just be I get all that, in. I think that's the biggest and, thing. Just be hey, all in, man. I get that he is trying to play the fence, get the most money he can, create the best situation he can. I'm not knocking him for it. That part, I'm not knocking him for it. It's his life. He's doing what he needs to do. But if you're asking me personally, I would think it's annoying if I'm an NFL team. That's sure, all. Absolutely. Because they, you, from your perspective, you're like, just go make money, man. But from the NFL's perspective – if you want to make money here, you got to show us you're all in. You right, know? it's so, our money. Right, you're making exactly. it all money. So the perspective really matters, and I think it's important for fans and analysts to understand that perspective matters. Okay, we talked a lot about Kyler Murray. We also want to talk about the cornerbacks in this class. We want to talk about the cornerback group because I cannot remember, Trevor, the last time that the combine was this important to a group of players. This is a bad cornerback class. I don't know how anyone sees it otherwise even the top guys byron murphy greedy williams deandre baker your consensus top guys all have legitimate concerns and i would argue except for greedy none of them may be the best testers in uh, in indianapolis the door is open for big long athletic corners even if they have terrible tape to move up and to potentially be either late first depending on the player second round picks third round picks despite tape that isn't in that round or range of the draft. I think it's going to be, I, I've written this and I wrote this the, the other day in draft class heroes. I think this is going to be the year where you expect the unexpected with the cornerback group. I don't have any idea how they're going to come Good off way the or a bad way. You're, you don't know <sighs> bad way for, I don't know how, how do you, what do you mean by bad way? I just think that the top three corners that everybody mocks in order, greedy Byron Baker are not going to be the first three corners off the board. So one of them will, I mean, greedy probably will be, high the other guys will get mixed in i'm not saying they're gonna like plummet or fall or anything but that order is that consensus order those guys are not strong enough and dominant enough as prospects or in terms of traits and Mm -hmm. lack of concern to continue to hold on to those three consensus spots i just think right now people have no because the athletes in this group like let's say trayvon mullen's supposed to test well well his tape ain't good lonnie johnson's supposed to (laughs) test well and we have heard like Three different sources now tell it Lonnie Johnson's going higher than you. Th- like, can't believe it. His tape's terrible. Uh, Jawan Williams, I don't know if he'll test great, but for a 6'3", 212-pound corner, I heard he's going to run in the 4'4s. Oh, I mean, boy. Yeah, like four fours. high 4'4s. Four but even if he gets 4'5", you know, low 4'5s, for a corner that big, that's pretty decent. So we'll see what happens again. I don't think he's going to run the 4'4s, but we'll see what happens uh, with him. But again, another one. Like, tape's not that great. Rocky us in. Good moments on tape, has upside. Tape's not that good, though, to talk about him as a top corner. Developmental guy. Kendall Sheffield from Ohio State supposed to blow up the combine, right? Tape's not good. <laughs> tape's not good with him. Not good with Savion Smith, who declared early. Not all that good with Justin Lane. I've written about, I think he can be a riser. Corey Ballantyne, you know, I thought he struggled real bad first day of the Senior Bowl. But again, there's some yeah. size and speed there, they say. So 
all this to say, it just feels like we are going to get some reaches at corner. Teams will fall in love with a couple of these guys. A couple of them will be there later, but feels like one of those weird years in cornerback where I have no idea how it's going to play out. We got to be an athlete, right? I mean, you have to be an athlete to play this position. Um, that's that's the at that's least the for the NFL to draft you high at this position for sure. Well, for sure, but I mean, you know, if you're not an athlete, you can't keep up. I mean, you just you have to think about the nature of the cornerback position is you are playing a reactionary position in which you have to, you know, certainly you're studying tape, you're learning where wide receivers are going to go, you're hoping that you can anticipate and things like that. I'm not saying that you throw all that out of the window, but at the end of the day, you're reacting, right? I mean, the wide receiver knows the route that he's running, he knows the timing with the quarterback, he knows when the ball is coming, he knows where it's coming. You as a cornerback, you're trying to read all this at one time, meanwhile you're trying to keep up with his body with being a reactionary position. Mm-hmm. And so if you are not an athlete by nature, you're just not going to make it. It's going to be really, really hard on you. And there are a lot of corners in this class who I think that you're right. You can look at them right now and there are some traits that you le- might like. But with a lot of these guys, I, it, it's not like it's it's not translating to a great game. And so right. that makes I'll, – I'll agree with you that that makes this cornerback class a big wild card. And I can't remember what the phrase you used at the beginning of this was, but now that I'm seeing it and it's spot on, it's kind of almost like there might be guys that are just – moving up and moving down all throughout the weekend at the cornerback class just because of the way that they're going to show up, what their weight are, what their actual height is, and then seeing them run, what that might be like. Then you know their athletic profile. Then you're going to be able to pick them high because if not, we might not have that many cornerbacks go high. Right. Yeah, I I mean, expect the unexpected, I think, is what I was was saying at the beginning was because I think even some of the guys that have better tape – Amani Arwarie, I know you like him a lot. He'll be a good, mm-hmm. he'll be okay athlete. I think will he be a great athlete? He's a bigger corner too. You have to consider that. But he's one. Michael Jackson, Chris Boyd, um, Derek Beatty. Those guys have like better tape than some of these other guys in some ways. But the athletic profile and the traits just drag a lot of those guys down to different degrees. Obviously, I think Boyd is borderline undraftable unless he blows me away with his testing. Um, you know, I think Beatty is probably in that same group. Uh, I think Michael Jackson, you know, you're probably talking about day three still. That would all surprise people to hear all three of those things probably before the season. But that's just where we're at with the position. Our warrior will still go high, but how high depends on how well he tests. But then there's the guys with terrible tape, like Lonnie Johnson, um, trying to think of Kendall Sheffield. Um, there's a couple other guys that have not as bad a tape. Savion Smith has some real issues in press man and then, has some better tape and off coverage and zone coverage. Uh, Justin Lane, kind of same boat, like mixed bag tape at the trades. You know, those are the kind of guys that might move up a little bit, um, especially Lane because of the size and the length. And I think he's supposed to run well. So you might see some guys like that move up. But, like, I just think a lot of the guys with the better tape don't have the greatest traits. Uh, and even those guys with the better tape, most of the cases, it's not good. So it's still not great right. tape anyway. Um, so I am curious though, is Byron Murphy, you feel like he's your number one corner right now, right? Yeah, he would still be my number one. Okay. I, I just finished I'm, I'm he pretty, and I'm greedy. I'm just pretty confident with that. Right. I have finished he and greedy Williams. I, they're totally different players. It really depends on what kind of scheme you want. Like if you ran a press man scheme, I would rather have greedy Williams, even though he's not perfect in that scheme either, because he mm-hmm. has better traits for that. Um, whereas if I was running, you know, off in a less aggressive scheme with my corners, I would definitely want a Byron Murphy, uh, instead. I think greedy has all the size and speed characteristics that you want really at the position. My big concern with greedy is I don't know that he cares all the time. 
and it's like game after game after game, both of the last two seasons. There's just too many moments where he just decides, I don't want to tackle him. Like, I don't want to cover. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to stay with the guy late in the rep, the scramble drill. Like, I'm just going to stop. Um, some of the stuff's inexplicable. Uh, so that is going to be something he's going to have to answer at the combine. I think he tests really, really well. I think the buzz on him picks back up after the week. Um, he's going to come off very confident in interviews. It's odd because he also gets pushed around a ton late in reps, like receivers. He lets them push him around. He lets guys throw him on the ground. Riley Ridley knocked him down, like wiped him out after a play. DK Metcalf hip tossed him. Like he lets people take physical liberties with him and kind of like looks like he's getting whipped physically, but then he'll come back and break up a pass and like be on your face taunting you. And if you've ever seen him interviewed, the guy absolutely has a ton of swagger. So. I know he's going to get with Dion down on the field after he runs his 40. They're going to be talking that corner language. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to be like, I love this guy's swagger. And his stock <laughs> will rise again after the after the combine. But all the questions I have with Greedy Williams is still there. You know what I mean? I'm scared about taking Greedy Williams high. How high? If he goes top 15, top 20, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous about wasting a first-round pick because he's not all the way there technique-wise. He's not. Um, he has really good traits, like I said, but there are inconsistencies with his tape and inability to match physicality. Uh, and he's a liability in run defense, which I could live with if you're a great cover corner. Um, you know, that I think all needs to be, is this, is this effort work ethic demeanor concerns that can't be fixed? Like, is he never going to get better in these ways? Is he coachable? Because he didn't get much better from, from 2017 to 2018. So those are all questions I'm asking myself with Gritty. That kind of stuff scares me because he isn't. He's not a finished product, and um, I don't think he's as instinctive as Marcus Peters was. You know, if you think about some people have compared the two because Peters can be Uh all over the place as well. Um, But I don't think he's as instinctive as Peters was. Um, So, I don't know. Peters Peters always has allowed a lot of touchdowns. DBs are always always a must-watch at the Combine. Always a must-watch. And this year, it's no different, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think Greedy is probably one of the biggest boom-bust prospects in the class. Uh, It's just a matter of where you're willing to take the risk. Where Byron Murphy is a super sure thing. Like, Byron Murphy is going to be a top-three corner for an NFL defense. Like, if it's not on the outside, it's in the inside. But, in my opinion, what is the ceiling for Byron Murphy can he ever match up with top guys in the league 1v1? I don't think so. That's where I think the value differentiates. Do you know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know that Byron Murphy can ever do the things that Pete Greedy Williams can do. But at the same time, I don't know if Pete Greedy Williams is the player you're going to get. <laughs> so that's what makes it diff- It makes it difficult to break them up, I think. That's fair. And- I, I, I think I'm a little bit higher or have more faith in Byron Murphy to be a an outside lockdown than you do, but yeah, I just don't see even, I mean, even the way they play him, like even at Washington, you know, he's constantly in this shuffle technique, dropping back in his own coverage. So when they asked him to play press man, you know, he well, gave up inside separation. Sure. A lot. I don't, I don't think I meant that necessarily like playing press man, but like, I think Byron's just going to be a solid outside cornerback. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like you're like, I, I don't disagree. Byron in the right scheme, Byron can be a solid outside cornerback moving the next level. If greedy, gets his head on straight and and commits himself every single rep, every single game, every single practice, the whole the whole thing. Sure. He can be a lockdown press man corner. Those are the kind of corners that are valuable right. in the NFL. Right. 
those so, allow you to play the more aggressive style of defense, of course. Right, and they and they disrupt and, and take away an offense's best weapon, whereas Byron Murphy's situation, you know, you're really hoping for quarterback play to struggle, you know, in a cornerback like that, I think, you know, to for some deceptive things to go away. And not that he can't help your defense, he absolutely can, but the value of a corner like Greedy Williams, if you hit one, if you mm-hmm. hit on him, I think is, yeah. is great. No, okay, that makes sense. No, so I hear that's you. That's how I feel about it. But and then there's DeAndre Baker out there. I have to finish his eval still, but man, he is PFF loves him, and everybody else is kind of just like, yeah, he's okay. You know, he's fine. <laughs> you know, nobody gets excited about DeAndre Baker, right? Other than the PFF people. <laughs> I'm really excited to see, honestly, how because I already think the Byron and Greedy are going to be fine athletes. Baker and Arwarie are the two that I am honestly most looking forward to when it comes mm-hmm. to the combine. Everything at the combine, really. Agility, straight line, explosiveness, height, weight, everything. Yeah. Those are the two. Our warrior is kind of fascinating because technically wasn't a starter until this year as a redshirt senior with his size. And we'll see right. about athleticism at Penn right. state. Like you weren't on the field. And like, I know they had a couple of one guy drafted late last year. Another one as a free agent picked up, but this wasn't like, you know, DBU, you know, <laughs> this was Penn state. And like, he couldn't, I mean, he got on the field as a redshirt junior, but not like to the extent that he is now. So, that part's interesting to me. Like, why didn't this guy play more before this? Um, and he was up and down a little bit this year. But I do think you're right. Traits are there. Characters there with him. Uh, physical traits are there. Let's see if athletic traits are there. And if they are, you're right. He has a good chance of being uh, a high pick, a top 50 pick. So there's our look at kind of this cornerback group a little bit, breaking down how they, they stack up right now, which in a word is unclear. Um, but uh, we'll have more for you guys on combine preview stuff uh, coming up. Um, over the next week and a half, we'll also have more prospect interviews with you guys. I'm really excited about those. And we will, don't worry, we will get to our combine predictions uh, for you guys, our superlives as we did last year, going through each position group, picking the best player that will have a little test in each event uh, for the combine. So it should be fun. Looking forward to it. And as always, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.